1: Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over.
0: This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think
1: it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better period, nothing will.
0: I think they're going to make
1: Jeter that first
0: unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame.
2: Achievement or a new milestone. They are not just be like, hey, we, we signed this player. So we're gonna have a ceremony. Like, no, no, like
0: now. To your hosts. All right, welcome in, Red Sox fans. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, we were on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Check us out on iTunes as well as uh, Stitcher. If you could rate, review, just, and subscribe to us on iTunes, that would be phenomenal. Of course, as well. Uh, just Thomas, Lauren Campbell, and myself here. First show of 2017 pitchers and catchers right around the corner uh Lauren I believe it's 34 days till truck day which is very exciting um and guys it's happy new year
2: happy new year to you new year new shows it's almost time for spring training it's almost time for Red Sox 2017 World Series champions
1: Jess is getting married this year
2: Jess is getting married this year
1: oh my god thanks guys (laughs) what a shout out well, something that isn't hasn't changed is that my cat just decided to come sit right on me right as we started the show. So uh, that's nothing new.
0: <laughs> Ooh, kitty cat. Your cat's just trying right. to get to as close to Lauren as possible.
1: That's right. <laughs> She's, he's trying to get to your into the earpiece so he can hear you guys. Be part of the show. So that is not that is not new. New year, but not new cat. Oh, there he goes. See ya. So if I
0: hear so if I hear purring, it's not you and the night wind. Well. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you talking about uh, Clay Buckle she will start burning. So, I mean, it's exciting. February is around the corner. Pitchers and catchers are around the corner. Um, and there's there's a few things to talk about. Obviously, we all know we're in the kind of that, that dead lull phase of the offseason. Uh, a lot of the big moves have happened. Um, I know Greg Holland is still on the market. Um, but other than that, no, no really major signings left. Everyone's kind of came off the book when Edwin and Garcia on Simon Cleveland. So we'll get to some things around the league, some intriguing questions. Uh, Lauren is bringing up as well, but first a couple of things in the Red Sox world. And, and the first um, it involves Eduardo Rodriguez. Now we've talked about Erod throughout the offseason sure. because there were chances, you know, of him being traded, what he, what his role was next year. Um, was he going to be healthy next year? Uh, and then obviously he went to play winter ball And now we find out this week that he hurts his knee playing winter ball. Now, the team claims nothing serious. And I know Lauren brought up this point on Twitter this week was the last time the team told us Erod wasn't hurt seriously, he was out for a month or two. So, guys, I, I don't know if I'm concerned yet, but him being hurt in winter ball obviously can't be anything good for this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I knew something like I, the whole winter ball discussion we had in the world baseball classic discussion that we had last week, it's kind of coming full circle right now. Like this is what we talked about. We had concerns about him going over to play and it's not even time for the world baseball classic and he's already injured and they can tell me it's not serious all they want, but they chalked up his knee dislocation. It was like, Oh, it's not that serious. He's fine. And it, it obviously wasn't fine. And he wasn't really fine all season. He couldn't really find that consistent, stretch where he was just confident in himself and here he goes again starting off really early getting hurt and it's definitely cause for concern at least a little bit of concern I think because of what he injured last year and how he pitched last year too
1: yeah it's the same knee too which obviously is gonna raise red flags immediately considering that he hasn't really even done anything yet so yeah I mean and the thing is even if it's not serious which they're claiming it's not even if it's not, it's still a concern because he's getting hurt again, back to his knee, same kind of thing. And as we've seen multiple times with him already in such a short period of time, he has a minor injury, but he, when he comes back, he isn't able to get comfortable for like five or six starts. And at that point, then you're already more than a month into the season than you already were. He's still not comfortable. And then he's sitting here going, oh, that's a uh, I'm feeling good, but I'm not sure. And you know, he's not—he's not confident in what he's throwing. He's not confident in this leg to use for pitching. So, so where, where's that getting you?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned. I think that uh, I would have rathered him just kind of work out with the team to do his off season stuff and get to spring training and playing winter ball. I know they want—they want him to get his reps in. They want—he wants to strengthen everything up as much as possible. Um, but I, I overall think that him playing winter ball was a mistake i don't like the idea i think that he you, you know what he is at this point i think you need him to be healthy more than you need to see what he can do for you because you have an idea of what he is you need him to be healthy to get to that point
2: point. and we've seen what he can do when he's healthy so it's just, what's just so frustrating about it is that as much as i don't want him to play in the world world baseball classic i understand like it's such a cool thing to do. and It's like pretty much an honor because you're representing your country, but there comes a point where your health will need to come first rather than just wanting to play.
1: Yeah. I mean, top priority is your major league team and he has a lot. I don't see he has a lot to prove because obviously he's still really young, but people jump off bandwagons real fast with injuries here in Boston, as we know, and everyone knows. So if he didn't get his act together and he keeps getting hurt over and over again, a couple of years, he's going to be out the door and looking for a job somewhere because people don't like injury-prone guys most of the time. That's usually a red flag. If you're like have a poor season or whatever, people are like, "All right, you had a poor season. Maybe it'll be better next year." To keep getting hurt, keep getting hurt, keep getting hurt, people start to get really wary of that really fast.
0: How serious do you guys think this is? I mean, we, we've seen the team, like I said before, mention that it wasn't—it's not a serious injury with this guy. who did it last spring, and he was out for a couple months. So. Do you guys believe the team when they say it's nothing serious, or do you think this is something we should be concerned about? We we did say pitchers and catchers report in 41 days.
2: I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as serious as a dislocation, but especially with it being the same knee, it's not gonna feel good. Even if he just twisted it, if he turned the wrong way, like whatever he did to hurt it, it definitely doesn't feel good. It's obviously gonna be uncomfortable. It's, I mean, I had my first knee surgery. 10 years ago and I'll still turn the wrong way and it'll still hurt. So it's definitely cause for concern, but I wouldn't put too much concern into it until pitchers and catchers report.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's serious. I think I believe them, but I think that it's enough of a concern of having injuries keep cropping up over and over again, that I'm still concerned about something becoming serious, even if it's not necessarily this pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I think you're gonna hear something more soon, sooner. I mean, closer to spring training. If anything's more serious than it is, Um, I don't think it's it's completely terrible because if it was i feel like you would have heard something by now even if the team didn't want you to something would have come out you know w- cuz we always hear rumblings even in the offseason if someone something is going on you're going to hear about it you know we're always on top of what Pablo Sandoval's doing every day and um, what he's eating and things like that and you're, we're on top of this regardless of if it's offseason or not people have sources throughout the year so if something was as bad as it as bad as it was last year or it, it wasn't to the extent that they're talking to you, us about it i can't imagine we wouldn't have already heard about it
1: Yeah, I think they would have told you told us at this point if something was bad. But like you said earlier, last year with his injury, it was a minor thing and just a slight like dislocation, whatever, and couple couple days, whatever, and he didn't pitch for a couple months. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything because it can turn into something. But I don't think this one will.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it it, it as, as we get closer, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on the news and who comes in and things like that, and um, we'll obviously kind of keep an eye on that for you guys here as well. And um, one other thing we want to get to is we'll, we're definitely we just found something actually, and I, we'll be completely honest with you, we were we were reading an article for Pete Abe's uh, predictions for the year, and we're gonna get to that in a second because we, we all read it at the same time and kind of wanted to talk about it. But um, one thing we did want to touch on too is Kurt Schilling, um, good old friend can't own a video game business but can pitch pretty well when he, when he was younger. So um, he is now coming out and saying that his political, view, political views are keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. Um, I think this was kind of obvious because he's not the first person to come out and say it. We've had writers, Dan Chonesty being one, here in the Boston area say, I'm not voting for him because of his political views. Um, I, I, I mean, it's nice that he said it, but guys, this, I don't know why he would have said it. It's not like it's a, it's a shocker to anybody that, that this is a thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've seen Schilling over the past few years, really, to see how vocal he can be just via Twitter and when he was on ESPN. Um, I mean, I think, in a way, I kind of think it's just him running his mouth because he doesn't have amazing numbers. He doesn't have outstanding numbers. He was really good in the playoffs. We obviously know that. But when you compare him to other pitchers, it just he doesn't have the same kind of numbers, but... I mean, there's no doubt he's a phenomenal pitcher. Like, we loved him here. But it's like, just leave. Like, why can't people just leave politics out of anything? And we all know where he stands on the political spectrum. But it's like, why do you have to keep bringing it up? We're just giving the writers even more reason to dislike you.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, when he keeps doing this stuff, is he just keeps calling people out and looking like more of an a-hole in <laughs> here than he already did before that. You know, at this point, he's like, "Oh, all the scumbag Hall of Fame voters are some of the worst people in the world, and they're just saying this because, because I, because of my politics. If I said that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna lynch Donald Trump, then everyone would vote for me." It's like he's just digging his, he's digging his own grave, and that's no joke on him having cancer and almost dying. Like he's literally get, digging his own grave with, with what he says because he takes things like that just that much further than everybody else that just makes him look like. That much worse than he already did so like no i don't think politics should change people's opinion on your hall of fame voting it should only only pitching nick quali wrote a great article for clns a couple days ago about this (coughs) saying that chilling should still be in the hall of fame and shouldn't his politics shouldn't have any effect on it but like when people hear this stuff over and over and over and like Vehemently disagree with everything he says. Like it's just kind of like human nature to have that like seep into your brain and be like, you know, screw this guy. I don't want to vote for him for anything. Once again, don't know if that's necessarily the right thing or not, but like the guy just needs to shut up.
0: Yeah, and I think if it, I think this election hasn't helped his case because of how crazy it was. You know, Um, as much as it sucks that we don't know if Donald Trump's going to be our president. By the end of this month, <laughs> um, it's, it, it's tough to, I think, have him say all this stuff in the wake of that. I think if this was four years ago and this was that election, I don't think anyone would have cared. Um, and that being said, I don't think it should matter. You know, Dan Shaughnessy, not a fan of the guy, and I still think he's, it's, it's a little crap that he cares this much. Who cares what his political views are? Hall of Fame voting is based off of what he did on the field, what you are as a baseball player. And is off the field, Curt Schilling, I hate to defend, but on the field, Curt Schilling, he should be in the Hall of Fame, no questions asked at some point before his time's up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I think, I mean, judging based off playoff numbers alone, I know you they look more at the regular season throughout your career, but you need to think of what he did and what he's done. And I do think, I mean, I've said it a hundred times, I do think he'll get into the Hall of Fame eventually. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon.
1: I don't think he's going to get in because of stuff like today saying that the writers are scumbags and that they're the worst people in the world you really think that he really thinks that's going to make them want to vote for him more i don't think he's ever getting it
0: yeah i don't think he is i don't think he's getting it at all um I, i think that combination of this and just as this i mean i wouldn't say he's the steroids thing is an issue but like you know people questioned it all the time with him and um i think the combination of the two um but more i think it's more the politics thing now because even all those talks it seems like he was going to get in before all this stuff happened and before his political views and his firing from ESPN and all that stuff. Um, it seemed like he was going to get in. So it's kind of terrible the fact that they're going to use politics to keep a guy like that out of the Hall of Fame.
1: It's his personality, too, though. I mean, just like the way, the stuff he says that's not even political is awful, too. There's like, like, people like, in the Hall of Fame who are bad people. Sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But it's not helping his cause on, oh. And on top of it. Of course not, no. I think if right. the
0: politics thing aside, his personality wouldn't care, because people are, have bad personalities in the league, but people are going to go, oh, well, he's not a good person either. Okay, And they're going to help use that as a defense mechanism, which is awful, because it's stupid.
2: Right. It, it It is stupid, but, I mean, the baseball writers, and I know this is like comparing apples to oranges, but the baseball writers did not like Jim Rice. They had, didn't really have a lot to say good about him, and obviously he's in the Hall of Fame, and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but
1: Took a long time, though. <laughs> it took a very
2: long time. I think I was like five when he was eligible for the Hall of Fame, or something crazy like that.
1: <laughs> and they didn't get it until a couple of years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and they almost. Wow. And, and the thing is,
0: now Kurt Schilling might take that long, but I don't think. I mean, if he didn't run his mouth, if he didn't do the politic chain, and I mean, now it seems like he's going to start a politic podcast and all this crap, and maybe run for something. Who knows? <laughs> if it wasn't for that. He probably would have been in within two, three years of him being eligible, and now he might he might not get it at all, all because he wanted to share something on Facebook and talk about Trump and, and all these people and Hillary, and, and that's going to screw him
1: over. Yeah, I mean, he, it's, I wish I could feel bad for the guy, but I don't really because he's just kind of annoying at this point, and I just wish he would never say a word again. I feel bad for him for his whole cancer thing, and I really enjoy watching him pitch, but like at this point, I just would like to just stop seeing anything he says.
0: It's a tale of two t- people, you know. It, it was it's the right. pitcher Curt Schilling, and now the postseason retired, well not the postseason, but the post career like retirement Curt Schilling.
2: Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate because you know he's his, he accomplished so much in his career, and then he just kind of erased all those all the good he did just from running his mouth and just not being able to keep quiet, like especially with this the last year or two with the whole election and everything. He obviously knows how a majority of the people feel about Donald Trump being president or it, it nobody cares that you're a Republican. Nobody cares about your political stance. It's just stop making yourself seem arrogant and just oh, <laughs> ruin someone's career. Like just said, like he's, getting he's Lauren fired up grave. here, <laughs> I'm getting angry, but no, it's just that he's digging his own grave and he's just, it's getting deeper and deeper just because he can't keep his mouth shut,
1: I would have thought too, after all the after the whole cancer thing, and you know he, like he said he would have rather died than go through all the stuff he had to go through to survive that, like you would have thought that would like you know maybe like change his life view and like maybe calm him down and like not think that some of the things he do were worth it, and now like he's worse now than he was before <laughs> yeah you'd maybe know, like a near so death ex- you'd think like a
0: near death experience would change a guy.
2: Right. Well, I mean, maybe it's now he's like, wow, I almost died. Maybe I should just say whatever I want because maybe I'll die tomorrow. Maybe my cancer will come back and it'll end up Maybe I'll me. just be
0: an ass. <laughs> I
1: yeah, no died. one wants to hear what he has to say. <laughs> I know.
2: Like, he needs to get that through his head. Like, We don't care. And if you had something good to say, whether it's about this politics or whether it's about baseball, maybe we'd listen to you. But you can't stop running your mouth in a negative way.
0: Uh, Kurt Schilling. All right, well, Kurt Schilling and the Eduardo Rodriguez stuff in the first half of the show were brought to you by our good friends at Audible. And, and we love having them on, so don't forget to uh, go check them out, of course. Um, as much as I could sit here and bash on Kurt Schilling for the next four hours, um, I want to stay on schedule here only because we did discover something that we all wanted to talk about. Uh, P. Day made his predictions coming into the new year for the 2017 Red Sox and... There's some good ones in here, guys. Now, what, there's a lot here, and um, I, what I would want to do is maybe pick our favorite one. Um, and if someone picked it, pick a different one because there's a lot here, and I can have a feeling there's a good amount that we could multiply here. But, um, Lauren, I want you to go first. What one here, prediction-wise, sticks out the most for you that P. Dave's talking about here?
2: Um, for me, I think – I mean, I'm kind of stuck. I love all his predictions, honestly. It's um, all great.
0: If you if you haven't seen it, go to the Globe and it, just read the whole thing. It's phenomenal because we could talk about the whole thing. It could take two hours. So
2: it really is. Like I love this picture of Panda and Porcello. and then. But my prediction <laughs> that sticks out to me is that Blake Swihart will be the catcher, and Chakra. that's because um, I love Blake Swihart. We all do. We all <laughs> know I love him, and I thought he was going to be on the All Star team last year, but um, you know, there's there's Vasquez, there's Sandy Leon, and. Blake Swihart kind of was the odd man out because, you know, he got hurt at a position in the outfield where he wasn't even, you know, really supposed to play. And he showed that he can play the outfield, just really can't play that wall because it screwed up his ankle that bad. But I think that one definitely surprised me um, just because even though he was brought up as a catcher, he played really well as a catcher. Um, I really thought that the Red Sox, would be sticking with Vasquez and Leon as their you know, as their two catchers and I know that there's a lot of questions surrounding Vasquez and even Leon too but um I think that one definitely sticks out to me just and because of his age too he's he's young and he's also coming off the surgery and the injury so that one definitely is probably my number one
1: Yeah that one's interesting just because Obviously, Sandy was so great last year, and Vasquez was the one that everyone thought was going to be, it, including Jared, actually. So, Jared, before we move on, I kind of want to hear what you think about that, because you're on the Vasquez train.
0: I am on the Vasquez train, and only because it's really just a matter of what you favor, defense or offense. You know, we've talked about that forever between these two. One can hit, one can't. One is a defensive catcher, one's not. So, I'm intrigued to see if that actually pans out. Um, I don't blame them for obviously having Sandy Leon be the starter going into the year because who else <laughs> is going to do it right away. But I think it's going to be a battle in spring training between Vasquez and, um, and Swihart because right now Swihart's coming in as a left fielder slash catcher because who knows. Um, but he also lost his position probably um, for the season so because of who, who they have to play the outfield now. Um Look, I think overall, I I don't blame him for thinking that he might take the catcher job. I still think Vasquez has the upper hand because of his ability to call a game.
1: Fair enough. All right. um, I think the one I'm going to pick, and I mean, it was the first (coughs) one, but it's intriguing to me, is Pete thinks that Mookie Betts is going to win the MVP award. Took mine. Sorry. I figured you were going to (laughs) take Bogart's.
2: I know. That's what I thought, too.
1: We'll talk about both. So... I don't think he's going to win MVP. And no. I am a huge Mookie Betts fan. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he'll be great again. But to have the season he had last year and to be robbed of the MVP, I just don't see him quite matching those numbers. And the problem is that he's going to have to match them and probably more because, honestly, Trout didn't have one of his best seasons, which is why Betts should have won it in the first place. We've discussed this already. But you assume Trout would probably do a little better. And then anybody else that might do better, too, Um, Betts could probably have a better season than he even had last year, which could happen. But more likely than not, it probably won't because of how good he was last year. Once again, I could be completely wrong, but just going by like (laughs) trends and stuff, I think he'll win one at some point. I just don't think it's going to be next year.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, that one definitely stuck out to me too, but I don't Jess, I'm with you on that. And I, I don't think he'll win the MVP as much as I'd want him to, but I just don't think he's going to repeat kind of really anything that he did last year with, like, the hitting streaks and the home runs. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season, but I don't think he's going to be MVP.
0: See, I'm shocked now because I think he will. Wow. Oh, boy. I I look at what he did last year, and I see him able to do that. And I know this isn't an original thought because Pete Abe said it, like, Ortiz is retiring. You know, someone needs to take over the torch of being the guy who's going to be consistently awesome every year and be at the top of the league every year. And it seems to me that Mookie Betts is going to be that guy. And I can't see a reason why he can't put up the numbers he did last year and maybe even not more. Just seeing how he's probably going to have to be relied on even more this year to put up those numbers.
1: This stuff's so fascinating to me. Just, like, thinking about what they're going to do and, like, trying to predict because, like, Crazy, crazy stuff always happens, and it's just like they're probably in a to pool think somewhere he, or like on a beach, who not caring about the
0: season for another month or two, and we're sitting here talking about the MVPs in the World Series in January. I know,
1: it's, it's so funny to me. It's, it's, we're like, hmm, seeing an MVP, <laughs> which we're not going to find out for another eleven months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to sit here and talk about it now, and it makes me think, Jess, you know, when the written coverage to the bold predictions last year—like how far off we were on some of them and how spot-on some of them were. It's just, it's so funny what can happen in a season and what can happen just to a single player.
1: How how can you know this stuff? Like it's so, you never know. Like it's so random. I don't know. It's exciting.
0: (laughs) Um, so to be shocked, I I know you guys will be shocked by this, but I'm not actually going to pick the Xander Bogarts one. Um, even though I will say preface it, is it PDA said that Xander Bogarts will hit 30 home runs. I will tell you now that's not going to happen. Um, but that's, he's not a 30 homer guy. um, But I think that the one that he is saying here um, is the bullpen. Um, Because a lot of people now, since the trades with Thornburg, um, Carson Smith coming back, with Joe Kelly, that whole thing, Kimbrel's still there. People have been preaching this bullpen, saying, oh, there's no holes, there's no holes. And Pete Ape's saying the bullpen's going to need help. Um, And that, that might be a 180 for a lot of fans and a lot of people around the city thinking that they don't need help. I kind of agree with him because you don't know what you're getting in Thornburg. Um, Joe Kelly showed a little bit of promise, but who knows after that. Um,
2: he's going to be the, the fourth starter because Erod's not going to be ready for opening day. Exactly, <laughs> and you don't know if
0: Erod's going to be ready. So in that case, if he's not ready, Lauren, if you're right, then Joe Kelly's not there. Um, oh, give me Clay. And you me got your Clay
2: Buckles. Matt, uh. Matt
0: Barnes is still in the bullpen. Um, Carson Smith isn't going to be back for the beginning of the year. This team is going to need help in the bullpen. I want Thornburg to be good, but um, he's only had, what, one year in the majors and now has to go from a, a crappy team to a one of the better divisions in the league on a title-contending team. Like That's a big switch for a guy, so I don't expect him to be much, at least right away. This team is going to need another arm in the bullpen, and that's I, I still wish they'd even consider Greg Collins. So I know they were in on him earlier in the year uh, in the offseason, that matter, but I still think he should be an option because that team's going to need help in the bullpen.
2: Yeah, I mean, that one I was I looked at too and I it didn't really give the bullpen much thought, but like after just kinda of briefly skimming that and hearing what you had to say, Jared, I do think that the bullpen will need help and I think that the distraction, you know, of Chris Sale and the trade of clay buckles, that kind of distracted everybody away from the bullpen. And like you said, we don't know what we're getting with Thornbird. We haven't really seen too much of him. I mean, I barely even heard of the guy before he was even signed here. Um, we don't have, obviously, don't have Koji. We don't have Clay. We don't know what, even what the starting rotation really looks like. So it, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot that can be considered. But I do think the bullpen's going to be a big question mark again this year.
1: Yeah, I agree with them. I think, and with you guys. Woo. I think it will be decent, but there are question marks. And he made a good point that Carson Smith's not even going to be coming back until probably May because. Tommy John takes a long time to recover from. Mm-hmm. So he's probably not even, gonna, he's not even supposed to start the year. And then, yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust guys who come from the National League and haven't pitched a whole lot, like, in terms of Thornburg. So I think he'll do well, but there's really no proof that he will. Um, and, yeah, a lot of a lot of unproven guys. You don't know how Kelly's going to be. You don't know how Barnes is going to be. You don't know how Abad's going to be. If Koji's gone. Tozawa's gone. Ziegler's gone. You don't know if Wright's going to be in the bullpen or if he's going to be starting. Like we said, we don't know if Joe Kelly's going to be in the rotation or, <laughs> or not. So, yeah, too many question marks to be confident in it. I think Kimber will be better than last year. I think he's going to be spot on with a year under his belt. Um, and if Smith's good, you know. It could all come together, but it's kind of hard to know all that at this point. So if I had to guess one way or the other, I'd question it at this point rather than be confident in it. Yeah, and it, it's tough. In the
0: Right now, I, like I said, I look at the bullpen as an issue. But, you know, who knows? Maybe everyone, all the names that are out there could be consistent throughout and Um, Carson Smith, I expect Carson Smith to be okay because when he came back those couple games, he looked really good and we all got excited. Then he got hurt again. So I just think that if he's on the field, I know it's a big if it's like Erod, you know, if he's healthy and on the mound, then I I like our chances. So I will have to kind of wait and see there. But, um, one thing that we did want to talk about and I could go on forever, um, with kind of what. Pete Abe talked about. Um, he talked about Marco Hernandez playing more than we think. It, it's really a great article, um, so definitely go check it out. I'm not saying this because he's been on the show before. <laughs> I do read Pete Abe a lot. We all do. Um, so definitely go read him on the Globe um, for sure. Um, but one thing, you know, it's New Year, turn of the year. It's uh, January 2nd as we sit here and record. I have to go back to work tomorrow. I've been on vacation since before Christmas, so it's kind of unfortunate. But, um, okay. look, Yeah, I know. i cry me a river right there. Um, so I, I look at The year passed, and we—I know—we wanted to do this. Um, Let's go around the horn, starting with Jess. Just kind of best moment of the 2016 baseball season, as we're now we're in 2017.
1: (laughs) Well, you're gonna hate my answer, but I don't care. So (laughs) I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, Best moment for me was um, David Ortiz getting celebrated the last three days of the.
0: I hate you so much. I hate you. Yep.
1: Yeah, I did it just for you, Jared. No, I was going to say that anyway. I don't care what you think or not. I, that was the best moment for me. I think probably the best moment for a lot of people just to see him get get uh, showered with the love and uh, admiration that he deserved for his entire career and, and uh, having everyone come back and, and be there for that and for him to get all the stuff he got. I think that was awesome for me because it's not going to happen again. Um, and His new commercial is awesome, though.
0: As yeah, 10, you see that, I 10... saw that. TurboTax yeah. commercial? Phenomenal.
1: I'll check that out. So that was the best moment for me, just for who he is and for him getting celebrated and because he's the man.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know me. I love the celebrations. I love the ceremonies. Um, I mean, me, I, I'm i so stuck. Like, there were so many good moments in the season. Like, Joe Kelly's almost no-hitter. We had Mookie Betts homering three times in a game. So there was a lot. But I think my favorite moment, because it was one of the most positive moments to end the season, was... When they came back against the Yankees in the ninth, and Hanley walked off, um, I can't remember now if it was a home run or if it was just a deep hit. It was a home year. run. That was that game it was, was great. A home run. Oh, yeah, and it was just, just I actually watched it not that long ago. Um, I've shared it on my Facebook like the top moments of the season, and that was on there. And that just really stood out to me. It's like I, it's why I love September baseball. It's why I love the Red Sox, and just hearing like the crowd at Fenway, the excitement in in the announcer's voice, whether it was Joe Castiglione to never, whoever, but it's just, it's that exciting baseball feeling that gets you so pumped up for the playoffs. And it's just why we love baseball.
0: Yeah. And mine kind of correlates right with that, Lauren. And that moment was great. I think that Hanley towards the end of the year was fun. I think my favorite moment of, um, the year, and I know this might be a kind of a cop-out answer, but I don't care. Um, just Hanley, Hanley's entire season. Um, because overall we had no expectations for this guy and it was actually honestly it was a joy watching him play baseball the entire summer because he looked like a kid a kid playing in the minors just for the fun of the game he didn't look like he was getting paid millions of dollars he didn't look like he was some stud with an issues in the clubhouse he looked like a kid enjoying the game of baseball um so for me as much as it wasn't one moment I think it was an entire player's progression throughout the entire year. It was, it was just every time I got to watch him play baseball this year, I think it was good for me because um, overall, now you see what he can do for this team, and you see a kid and a man really rejuvenated, which is awesome to see this year. I yeah, am that's shocked. A total cop out <laughs> answer. I
2: mean, <laughs> I can give shocked. you another
0: one if you want. I haven't. I had another one in my back pocket. So,
2: well, no, because because I'm going to say I'm shocked that this is the second time in this half hour show that you've skipped out on. Something to do with Bogarts, so I'm gonna. I'm, off, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take your cop out answer, and I'm gonna enjoy it because love fest <laughs> for Bogarts will start next month. So. I mean,
0: my cop out answer. My other answer was Andrew Bogarts' hitting streak. So.
1: <laughs> oh jeez, get out of here. <laughs> 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 what about no,
2: That'd
0: Be
1: awesome.
0: Um, no, I think they both are really great. I think you can say watching Hanley, um, the offense as a whole. I think the David Ortiz retirement tour. Ugh as much as it was awful watching him, his season he had. So there's a lot this year. So it was hard to pick. Um, but I think just the, the way Hanley played this year, as much as I, I do believe it is a cop-out answer, I think it's a good answer nonetheless. So screw you guys.
1: <laughs> well, you hate my answer too, so screw you also.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Favorite moment of 2016 as a whole, Clay Buckles being traded. Is that better? Oh, no. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> going to come back to bite you. I can't wait for it to bite you. Oh, I, uh, to, I can't, I can't wait for the
2: trade farm back. <laughs>
0: If they have pitching issues throughout the summer and you guys will throw it on me that Clay Buckles should be there, I, I I might even say I agree with you, but I won't even care. Because not having to see his ugly alien mug on the mound from the Red Sox uniform will be also worth it.
1: Clay Buckles is a beautiful man. He's an alien I with greasy say
0: hair.
2: That.
0: He's an alien
1: with greasy hair. He's a beautiful human being with a big heart.
0: <laughs> okay well that being said um that's a, that's our show for another week we're gonna end i guess talking about clay buckles again um don't forget to follow us on twitter at red Sox underscore beat facebook is red Sox beat podcast uh we will be back next week of course talking anything that's happening red Sox news trade rumors whatever we got for you we'll talk to you next week um and don't forget of course uh, to rate and review, subscribe to us on itunes best thing you can do for us is share the show there and Kind of get the word out and give us those reviews. If, if you like us, if you don't like us, let us know. Respond. We love fanfare. So um, for Jess Thomas and Lauren Cale, I am Jared Scal here on Red Sox Beat for CLNS Radio. We will talk to you next week.